This is Disney Forever. Welcome to our perpetual Disney movie investigation podcast. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie, who has amazing pull quotes like this. Cheddar! Ow, ow, ow! Cheddar Wizzy! <laughs> Today's future presentation is a goofy movie where that quote is a real thing that happens in the movie. Um, Katie, what even is this one? This is legitimately one of the best Disney movies ever created, and I will not take any comments or arguments to contradict that. And it's stupid that people don't love this movie. That was not an explanation as don't talk. Shh. (laughs) Quiet. This is the Katie podcast now. (laughs) Um, But this movie is about Goofy and his son, Max, and they go on a road trip. That's what this movie is about. I agree with some of the things you said. I mostly agree with what you said. I Um, I do like this movie. I just don't think it's as perfect as you think it is. It is as perfect as I think it is, and I will not hear any contradiction otherwise. (laughs) All right. We can talk about that some more as we move on here. Um, The history behind this one, though, I pulled it. It's um, This was produced by Disney Movie Tunes and Walt Disney Television Animation. So it was like two different divisions of Disney teamed up to produce this movie. Um, It's probably the core reason that it wasn't considered part of the Disney Renaissance is because it wasn't done by like the main Walt Disney animators. It was done by kind of their like more kid version of things. So again, Disney movie tunes and then Walt Disney TV animation. It's just not like the A team for Disney um, for the theatrical Disney animators. But this is based on a Disney afternoon TV show called Goof Troop, which I remember watching when I was a kid. Did you watch that too? I was not a Disney kid growing up. I was a Nickelodeon kid, so no. <laughs> Okay, I was a little bit of both. Um, But this movie is essentially like a standalone follow-up to that show where they just like age all of the kids up a little bit um, into high school instead of, I think they're in like either late elementary or like middle school in Goof Troop, if I remember right. Um, And this one, they're in high school. So a lot of the cast from the show got to actually voice the same roles in the movie. It's not 100% of the cast, but they got most of them, which is pretty cool that they were able to carry over. And then this film is the directorial debut of Kevin Lima, who later ended up directing Tarzan, which we just talked about last week. Um, He did 102 Dalmatians, and he also did Enchanted, which you and I both love that movie. Uh, Yeah, that's actually really funny. I didn't know that that was the same director as Tarzan, and it just sort of worked out. Yeah, it worked out. I didn't know either until I pulled the info about it. Um, Their goal with this film was to give Goofy an emotional side because they'd never really built that out outside of just a little bit in the TV show. And um, this is a much smaller budget than any of the mainline Disney Renaissance movies that were happening during this time period. It's not quite a made-for-TV movie because it did get a theatrical release, which is why we're covering it. But it was much, much smaller in scope of a movie compared to most of the ones that we've talked about lately. Um, This film also had a really weird release schedule, which is probably one of the reasons it gets overlooked a little bit. They had a planned release for Thanksgiving in 1994, but they had to delay it at the last minute because a monitor that they were using to capture the final film footage had one dead pixel, and they didn't capture it until very late in the production process. So they had to go back and recapture 75% of the entire film which is just like brutal I can't even imagine from a production standpoint what that must have felt like to them Um, and it's it's different production processes like this wouldn't happen now it couldn't happen now but they must have been doing something with a screen capture and monitor capture footage where one dead pixel can throw you off that much that's crazy that one dead pixel like ruined 75% of the movie 
Yeah. So when it did come out, which was later, um, you know, it came out in 1995 when it was supposed to come out in Thanksgiving of 1994. So it did come out later and then it ended up grossing $37.6 million and it was basically considered a failure at the box office. Um, Disney did not put their full weight behind marketing this movie, which is another one of the reasons it kind of gets like overlooked. It it was greenlit by Jeffrey Katzenberg, who had done a bunch of the Disney Renaissance early on, but then he had kind of a, a series of just flops and he wasn't doing very well as an executive. So they fired him really recently before this movie went into its marketing phase. So he greenlit a goofy movie, but then he wasn't there to like push it through into marketing and release. So Disney didn't put all of the money and time and like energy into marketing it, but they just kind of released it because it was done anyway. Um, so it, this movie ends in lands in a really weird spot in like the cultural consciousness because it didn't have that like Disney marketing push behind it. Overall, it had mixed reviews from the critics and it got a cult following because of people like Katie and me, because of millennials and it had a home VHS release that was actually really successful. So I remember watching this movie a bunch when I was a kid. Um, I don't remember it coming out in theaters. I'm pretty sure I never saw it in theaters, but I definitely saw it at home on VHS a bunch. And then it did well enough on VHS at home with the home release that it ended up getting a direct-to-video sequel in 2000 called An Extremely Goofy Movie. So that's a lot. There's a lot of kind of weird things with this movie. But it's so good. Okay, so high level, what do you think? Um, well, first of all, this movie is a full musical and it's fantastic. So, of course, it fits perfectly into the Disney Renaissance. Ridiculous that it's not included. Um, all the characters are amazing. The music is amazing. And it's literally the only Disney movie soundtrack that I can listen to on repeat and never get tired of it. Okay, that's a big claim. Um, it is a musical. I agree with you. The movie's fun. Like, I, I like this movie. Um, I remembered parts of it from when I was a kid. I didn't remember as much as I thought. So I was kind of like re, re-investigating this movie as I was um, watching it, re-experiencing it. And overall, it's fun. I like a lot of the musical numbers, but I don't like all of them. And I didn't love them the way that you do. But that being said, like the actual like subject matter of the film it had some like really serious but relatable family situations while still being family friendly and extremely approachable when it talks about those situations. And I thought that it did a really good job. Like those messages of like family and togetherness and, um, you know, coming to understand each other, like they're really well executed, especially with somebody like goofy as the main character. Like it would have been so easy to go so wrong with it, but they, they ended up like, just making it work and it's impressive oh yeah they do a really great job of like really highlighting um like goofy's family right like because he's a single dad raising a teenage son and then you have like how their family is versus um their friends right like his friend and like his dad and they're like the only the only other people that like they really have focus on heavily um and like how different the relationship is between the two families yeah, exactly. And yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff in this. Let's let's get into the moments cuz like um while it hits on a bunch of really good like family, I don't even want to say issues, but like family situations and you know family dynamics and stuff, 
it still has time to be a musical and it still has time to be funny and Goofy still has time to be Goofy, which is kind of impressive given the subject matter that they also hit on. So it kicks off with Max getting an I Want song, like almost right from the beginning. Um, and I like that a lot. Do you, well, you know all the music better than I do. Do you like that one compared to the other ones in the movie? Um, Stand Out, which is like his I Want song, is really good, yeah. right? Because it, it sets up the whole like what he wants right like he wants to stand out he's tired of like living in the shadows he doesn't want to be like his father and he wants Roxanne to notice him that's like the girl that he's like totally in love with um like that's what he wants so he wants to stand out that's basically what it is yeah and you know then they give goofy time to be goofy one of the things i really like is when they so they go on a vacation it's pretty close to the beginning where like goofy decides to take max on a vacation and max feels like he's getting dragged on a vacation he's a teenager he doesn't want to go um but goofy has the station wagon all loaded up or the car loaded all up and um backs out of the driveway and like smashes through his fence and he's saying goodbye to home he's like we'll be back by home by this by that he backs up over a fence and he goes goodbye pile of broken wood right after he destroys the fence (laughs) and then he just takes off and it just made me laugh so much because i was like that was a well done goofy moment they have several of those like just like random like totally goofy things that would happen at like different parts in the movie. Yeah. Just so perfect. Yeah, what else did you like from this one? Um so one of the things that I learned about this movie which I didn't know until I watched that video. The I think I sent it to you too and you watched it the YouTube video with the guy going like goofy movie is better than you thought it was. I think I saw that a while ago. I remember talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that he pointed out is that this movie actually has a villain and a villain song. And I didn't really think about it until he was going through and explaining it. And one of the things is like Goofy is actually supposed to be the villain of the story. He's the villain in Max's mind. And this story is about Max. Right. Yeah. Um. So Open Road, which is the song that they sing when they leave to go on like the fishing vacation that's that's goofy's villain song oh that's amazing i didn't remember that that's so cool though yeah and it's like they do a perfect job of like setting up that whole song right because like everyone on the road is all singing with them and stuff and they like make the like they come up with the music based on like different sounds that are happening right with like the the keys making the noise and then everyone joins in between like the person and like the dead person in the coffin and then the girls in the piano and stuff. Yeah. So it's, they do a really good job with the songs and that's what I love because like open road really pushes this, like the story forward and also like sets up goofy to be the villain in Max's story, right? Because he's taking Max on a vacation. He doesn't want to go on. All he wanted to do was to go to the power line, like party with Roxanne. That's what he wanted. And then he ended up lying to her, telling her that he was going to LA to go to the concert because his dad knows power line. And then just chaos ensues after that. Yeah. No, it's, you're right. Like there's a lot of things that happen to them. Um, I don't love every part of the road trip, but they do they do a couple like montage moments and they hit a bunch of things where when they are getting along. Well, they have this whole part at like Possum Park or Possum where they do not get along, but eventually they 
Do you want to talk about that? Do you have thoughts about the possums? It sounds like you do. So I tried really hard when I was picking the quote for this movie to not do Lester's possum pals is like not the thing. Um, that part is so awful. Like I hate that. I don't like that part. Like that's probably the most annoying part of this. However, yeah, it was my least favorite part of the whole movie. It's so freaking funny. Like <laughs> I like the part when he's like when the when the like. <laughs> the character or whatever of the possum is trying to talk to max and he's like does somebody need a hug and then he slaps him and his his, his head turns around backwards and he goes beat it doofus <laughs> <laughs> like it's just so bratty teenager moment and it's awful because he makes his dad feel like crap which is not fair right yeah um but it also it's supposed to be like that part is supposed to be a play on the country bear jamboree that's what it is Oh, yeah, I totally I got it. Like, I knew what they were going for. It doesn't make that part of the movie any less annoying to me, though. Nope, it does not. It's so annoying. (laughs) Yeah, it's my least favorite part of it. And then that leads them into like, they meet Bigfoot, which I forgot. Yeah. That Bigfoot is a part of this movie, like legitimately. Yeah, I love that part, too. (laughs) Okay, you love this movie more than I do. Do you have any other thoughts on Bigfoot? I was just surprised that he was in this movie and I didn't remember it. (laughs) when he's like wrecking their camp right when they're like hiding in the car and the he gets the like headphones and starts playing um staying alive oh yeah right and he just like he has that laugh he's just like and then he just like starts disco dancing like across the whole thing yeah (laughs) so good so good but it also like that leads into the part right with when max makes the decision to change the map right right so like even though goofy is supposed to be the villain in this story max is also like doing bonehead teenager things that are not good like he shouldn't have changed the map he should have like tried to have the conversation with his dad about like what he wanted to do but also his dad was taking advice from somebody who was not a good parent um and like he was under the assumption that if he let his son do what he wanted to do, that he would end up in jail or in the electric chair or whatever they were telling him. And yeah. Goofy didn't know what else to do other than try to force him into experiencing the same things that he did when he was his age without realizing that Max and Goofy are not the same person. Right. But it does lead into a part where they get along for a while when like Max is the navigator and like mm-hmm. they're on the road and they have that whole montage where like they're getting along. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, then they have their like moment where they confess everything and they have this like epic like um, reconciliation when they're floating down uh, the river on the car. Mm-hmm. Right. And they have a whole song with it. Like that part's good too. Cause it all, I don't know. It all flows together. Like it works. Yeah. They come up with like a compromise because they're finally starting to like understand each other that like Max is realizing that Goofy is doing all these things because he loves him because he's his father and all that stuff. But like also Goofy's coming to the realization that maybe Max is not like him and that he should trust him to make the right decision. And all that stuff, which is why, like, he's like, we got to get you on stage at the concert. Like, he's all for what happens at the end of the movie. Yeah. Can we talk about how Goofy murders a mime? <laughs> you just couldn't get past that. I couldn't. I, I know. couldn't get. 
like okay so during the montage when they're on vacation during mm-hmm. the part where they're getting along and there's a bunch of like rapid fire activities that they do together they meet a mime in a city that they're in i don't it's just a little part of the montage but they're like standing on a road next to a mime and goofy mimes up next to the mime and like plays along with him and he cuts the imaginary rope and then a real piano falls and kills the mime and it just like cuts to the next thing in the montage and i haven't been able to stop thinking about it like goofy just murdered that mime it's horrible and then they stuck their hands in their pockets and whistled as they like walked away (laughs) in new Orleans. i think they were in new orleans that's what it looked like i think it was implied yeah Yeah. um but then like okay so they're in the middle of the river Mm -hmm. right this is the other thing that I'm stuck on. <laughs> the The movie goes out of montage mode and goes back into real time mode. And they have this whole moment where like the car gets on the river and like they lose all their stuff and they almost die, but they don't die. And they're floating down the river together. And they have these like this heartfelt moment, right? Um, which is good. Like it's good pacing for the, the movie and the plot that they're telling. But then it cuts from them in the middle of of like literally floating down the middle of a river in the middle of nowhere completely lost cuts right to the power line concert and it feels like there's like 20 or 30 minutes just missing from this movie it's never explained and i never picked up on it as a kid but like it doesn't make sense and it doesn't flow with the movie at all it's like suddenly it just cuts to the end sequence and there's no explanation of how it gets there you mean the Grand Canyon, which is what it looked like they were in, is not in a river that just like dumps you at the Staples Center in the heart of Los Angeles. Not as I'm aware, no. Oh, I must have missed that. Maybe they were floating down the L.A. River. Maybe that's what. It was. Oh my gosh! I'm just kidding. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't at all for them to like no. just come around a turn and it's like ooh boom concert and it yeah it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Um, so anything else on the moments? Uh, the Powerland concert is epic in so many ways. And Max lands on the stage, right? And then, like, well, he tells his, his dad ends up on the stage and they're, like, staring at each other, right? And he goes, Dad, do the perfect cast. And then he does the, yeah, like, the cast motions. And Powerline is, like, super impressed. And then all three of them dance on the stage. And, like, everyone gets to see them. And turns out that Max w- lied and sort of didn't lie to Roxanne. <laughs> But yeah, it kind of it weird ends on kind of a weird note. Yeah, but it's great. And I love okay, it. Okay, so the bad and the good. Anything bad with this one for you? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, For me, there were some parts of this movie that are just legitimately annoying. <laughs> like the possum part. Yes. I like I did not. I can't. I it's so bad. It's bad. Um. The movie's not good all the way through, but it's mostly good. Like, I, I like the movie overall. Um, that's fine. Yeah, that's kind of where I was landing. But the good, I like the music a lot. And um, the movie just has a really fun attitude and, like, approach to it. You can tell that they were having fun when they made this movie. And, like, it it shows through in the tone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's super fun. It's really funny. The music is really good. Um, one of the things that I'm super disappointed that I didn't do was I went to D23, which is, like, the Disney convention, years ago and they yeah. they had a panel for a goofy movie which i didn't go to and i should have gone <laughs> because they had the person that does the singing voice for Powerline there tevin campbell oh, wow and he like they had like a legit concert like in the middle of the convention in the room and they had they had like dancers and everything came out and did the perfect cast and they had goofy there 
why did I have to go to the Once Upon a Time panel? <laughs> uh, regrets. Well, will yes. we watch it again? A thousand percent, yes. Yeah, I would watch it too. I liked it. It's good. Um, if you guys want to watch along, we have, coming up next, we're going to do High School Musical 2 from 2007. That's next on the docket. We're going to do Pollyanna from 1960. We're going back and starting on some 60s movies and going to work our way through again. Um, D2, The Mighty Ducks, some Christmas in July, get some winter here because the hot, hot heat that we're all dealing with. And then uh, Swiss Family Robinson from 1960. And don't forget, we're part of a network. We have podcasts, we have streamers, we have the Geekery blog, all that and more at geek2geekmedia.com or go to geek2geekmedia.com slash subscribe to get it sent right to you. That brings us Weekly Geekery. Katie, what have you been doing that's K-pop related or K-pop adjacent or K-drama related? Uh, what's new? What's new? Um, so on the You Can't Stop Me Loving K-pop podcast, Chelsea and I are trying something different. Um, we're going to be doing a, some giveaways is what we're doing. I have a lot of like matching albums that I don't need. So I'm trying to give them to people who want them. (laughs) Cool. That's awesome. Um, so what we're doing is we have, they're called unboxed albums because I already opened them previously. Um, so we're giving them away and we're going to (sighs) do... This is like in two weeks. So we do, we're do. we doing four giveaways. So by the time this episode posts, there'll be two left. And then we'll probably do more after that if these are successful. Because I have a lot of posters. And I'd really like them to be taken by people who uh, will give them a loving wall space and hang them. Cool. Um, so that's what we're doing. It's on our Instagram and on our uh, Twitter. We're going to be doing the giveaways. Um, also, Steph, friend of the podcast, Steph, is coming to visit me. And she's staying at my house. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited. She decided just to like, I mentioned, I was like, you know, you should just like come visit us in in, in July. And then she sent me flight itinerary. And I was like, oh, okay, so <laughs> you're really coming. So she's going to be here. She's going to meet Chelsea, my Chelsea from the podcast. And then she's also going to meet other Chelsea, who's one of our listeners. Um, so we're going to have this sort of like K-pop geek to geek meetup thing happening that's exciting yeah it's really exciting it just kind of coincided with chelsea is already going to be here on the 10th so wow that's great um and then there's been some like new k-pop groups and debuting and then also one of the k-pop groups from like second generation k-pop decided to come out with a new album recently because their popularity like really grew because one of the members was in like a couple of k-dramas and then They've been, like, doing stuff, and, like, the popularity of their group went up, so they're like, why don't we release an album? And guess what? It was super good. Okay. (laughs) And they're all older, so, like, the oldest member was born in, like, 1988, which is... Is that old for K-pop? Okay. Yes. (laughs) So, most of the people in, like, K-pop groups that I follow, like, I think the youngest person in one of the groups that I, like, I... One of the groups that I watch um he's like 15 or something like they can be very young um because k-pop they start like super young so like their ages usually range most of them are under the age of 30 so it's not often when there's a group where they're over the age of 30 so they're usually like the older generation groups like super junior and 2 p.m which is the group that just released a new album so got it it's exciting cool that's good um, for me this week, I watched In the Heights. Do you know what In the Heights is? Yes, I do. And I've okay. been, it's on my list of things to watch. So, so um, it's good. 
it's not as good as Hamilton, right? It's Lin Manuel Miranda. It's like his first um, big hit musical. I don't know if he actually wrote any before that, but this is his first like Broadway musical, and um, it's good. Like if you like Hamilton, if you like Lin Manuel Miranda's work, it's an easy recommendation because like the first time through, it's a good movie. I just don't think that. Like Hamilton, I've watched that so many times after it came out on Disney Plus. I've gone and I've actually like seen Hamilton as a show. Um, I've listened to that soundtrack on repeat for like years now, and I love that. In the Heights is like I liked watching the movie once, and there's a couple songs on it that I've listened to a couple times, but like I just don't think it has the staying power. Um, that being said, if you like his work, it's definitely worth watching once. Yes. No, I want I want to. I'm definitely going to do it. I was considering going to the movie theater to watch it, even though I have it on. um, I have HBO Max, which is what it's on. So I've been thinking about it. I might actually see for the first I I might go to the movies for the first time in like over a year in a week because we might see uh, when Steph's here, we might see uh, uh, Black Widow. Oh, cool. That'd be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. So and scared, but excited. (laughs) Also terrified. (laughs) Okay. Um, I guess the other thing that I wanted to call it that I rewatched this week was Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, I really like that movie every once in a, in a while. I remember how much I like that movie and I go back and watch it again. Um, have you ever seen that one? Uh, y- yes. Are there, okay. are there two or just one Scott Pilgrim? No, there's just one. Oh yeah. Then I've actually, I've seen it. Okay. Um, but yeah, I like that one. It's it's so stylized and it's so well done. And it's an Edgar Wright movie. Um, I just love his like visual style. And it's also kind of tangentially a video game movie, but it's not about video games. It just has some like video game visual aesthetics to the graphics around it and stuff. Um, but I like the story and I, I like the visuals. And that's a movie that like if I start it, I end up just finishing the whole thing in one sitting because it's so good. So I watched that this week and I was like, oh, yeah, I love this movie. It's great. Chris Evans is in that movie, right? Yes, he yeah, is. That's why I saw it, obviously. Yeah, it's one of those movies that if you look at it, so it's from 2010, mm-hmm. and if you look at the cast, you quickly realize that there's no way that there could ever be a movie with that cast again because all of them are so much bigger stars these days that you couldn't afford them all at the same time. It's like Chris Evans and Brie Larson. I mean, I guess some of these are like Marvel people, so you'd get them in a team of movie. But... um. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a bunch of really well-known people, and it's like all of them have gone so much further in their career since then. I'm trying to remember who else. Like, Aubrey Plaza is in it, and mm-hmm. um, Michael Sarah. I mean, he's the main character. And, mm-hmm. yeah, there's just person after person that's gone on to do, like, other things. Um, but the movie itself is really good. I actually just watched a movie the other day. I watched The Nanny Diaries, which is um, Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans. Oh, wow. Yeah. They were like in a movie together before they were doing Marvel stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Um, Well, I think that's it for this week. You guys can find us all over the internet. Our email address is DisneyForeverPodcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at DisneyEverPod. You can also talk to us in real time by joining our Slack workspace or Discord server. I blog at agreenmushroom.com and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. I'm also on the geek to geek podcast with BJ Keaton. You can also find me on both Twitter and Instagram by searching the handle at Lady Catherine P. And I'm also the co-host of two other podcasts with my best friend, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. And you can't stop me loving K-pop. This has been Disney Forever with Katie and Void. We'll be back next week as long as Disney keeps making content. That can't be forever, right? 
Oh, I mean, I really want. I mean, they did a Goofy movie sequel already, and it wasn't as good as this one. So I don't. They don't have to. I guess. I don't know. Okay. Bye. Mm-hmm.